Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. All right, let's take a little break from the baseball talk. And welcome in our buddy, Vin Parisi, Fox Sports and SNY College Basketball Analyst. You got the Final Four taking place tomorrow. Loyola Chicago, the 11 seed, taking on Michigan. That at 6 o'clock local time, or Eastern time, I should say. Kansas, Villanova, the two one seeds on the right side of your bracket, uh, if you still have a bracket. I mean, I threw mine out a long time ago. That is at 849. What's up, Vin? Good to hear from you. Sal, good to uh, hear from you, my friend. It's been a while. It has been a while. Um, how about this tournament, Vin? Before we get into the two, you know, the final four matchups here, have yeah. you liked this tournament with all the upsets and all the craziness is going on? You think that's been good for this uh, this year's tournament? Uh, yeah, I've liked it. And, and you know, the, the the cool thing about Loyola Chicago, you know, the the sister Jean drama and all that shouldn't take away from also the fact that. We need to remember this is the fourth 11 seed to, to make a Final Four. And, you know, the tournament never disappoints. Um, and I, I think we got the best of both worlds. We have, a, we have such a well-coached team in Michigan. We have the Cinderella of all Cinderellas. And then we have probably the two best teams left in the field uh, on the right side. But I think when we look back on this one, Sal, what's cool about this tournament is it was the first time a 16 ever beat a one. And... I think it shows a lot about college basketball where that parity is moving forward because this 16, as we know, didn't beat a one on a buzzer beater. They dominated a one, and they couldn't even win the America East, and they dominated the best team in college basketball. And I think that's why this tournament and this sport is so tremendous. So you think this is a precursor to what we're going to see moving forward, maybe more the norm? Not saying that a 16 is going to be the one all the time, but not just that, Vin. It was the, and it's not even that an 11 is in the final four. It's that you had so many of these upsets throughout the first couple rounds. Absolutely. I mean, look at a Syracuse team who Mm -hmm. uh, had to fight to get in, and and then they take down Michigan State, who a lot of us had gone to the final four in Sweet Six. Uh, national championship game. And, and, you know, I don't think we take in the styles and matchups enough when you look at Bayheim zone and how that is its own world in itself, like Mariano Rivera's cutter. You know, we don't look at aspects like that, but I, I do. I, I think that you're going to see more, you know, 15, 16, 14 seeds continue to win because the mid-major game has changed, Sal. It's not you know, hey, let's get these high school kids that aren't going to the Atlantic 10 or the Power 5 schools. It's a lot of big-time players are transferring down to these mid-majors. So when they get on the floor against an ACC, Big East, Big Ten team, you know, it's more of an even playing field because a lot of these mid-majors have kids that have already played at that level. Do you think because we had so many you know, you just mentioned, I haven't realized that it's what, the fourth 11 seed to make the Final Four? Yeah. Uh, because we've had so many upsets, it almost takes away from the one. If it had it been just Loyola Chicago to be the team to, you know, upset the, and go through the whole tournament, maybe it'd be more special or more noticeable than because we had all these different upsets. Do you think that takes away at all from it? I don't know if it takes away or if it's the fact that, to me, oh, one of the most unique and coolest things about March Madness is that what's going to be one of the storylines and themes, and you probably remember a couple years back, it was, hey, are you picking Calipari in Kentucky or are you picking the rest of the field? (laughs) You know, this year it was more like, "Ah, it's not really a separation between the one, two, three, and four seeds. This is like splitting hairs, and, you know, the, the, the tournament wound up showing that as we moved on. 
Yeah, how about the state? We're talking about uh, Fox Sports and SNY College Basketball Analyst Vin Parisi. How about the state, Vin, of college basketball? Because everybody's been into this tournament. It's been exciting because of all those upsets. Before we get into the final four here, how about the state of college basketball as far as, you know, everybody wanted the players to be play, uh, the players to be paid eventually and the coaches cheating with recruiting and all that stuff. You think it's on safe ground here moving forward or you think there's going to be significant changes? I think there's, I think there's going to be, I think one thing this has done is it's, it's going to force, uh, significant changes, but, but I think after we get through a couple of rough patches here, the, the changes will be for the better. I, I don't think you're ever going to see, um, payers, uh, players getting paid. It, it's going to, I mean, think of the can of worms and the bureaucracy you're opening up. What, what do you give to a baseball player? What do you give to a lacrosse player? What do you give to the, 12th man on Iona versus the 12th man at Kansas. What do you give to a starter? I think, you know, you know, stipends and Pell Grants, stuff like this has been going on. I think what you're going to see is eventually they're going to let these kids, you know, be like Michael Phelps is in the Olympics. You know, I right. mean, if Devontae Graham and Jalen Brunson want to go shoot an Under Armour commercial and Under Armour wants to pay them, $200,000, you know, why can't they? I mean, Tiger Woods and Michael Phelps and all these guys could do that when they were 18, 19, 20 years old. I think that will take, will make it easier, uh, Sal, because now a Sean Miller or a Jay Wright could tell his players, hey, listen, you know, you have this opportunity as well. And uh, listen, there's always going to be corruption. There's always going to be cheating in every aspect of life. But I, I think we're going to get to the point now to where, you know, hey, if an agent, you know, picks up a $40 lunch tab, you know, the FBI doesn't have to be involved because yeah. some of that was silly as well. Yeah, there's a big difference between players getting paid to play and where right. they, you know, and, and being criminals like that. So you you could find, Vin, like you mentioned, whether it's sponsors, whether it's jersey sales, whether it's autographs on it, any of those things, sure, if, if they could get the money for it, then go get the money for it. But big difference from that and players getting paid, which I, I agree with you, I think would be a problem. All right, it's uh, the Wolverines versus the Sister Jeans uh, in the first game here. Who do you think? And by the way, I feel bad for Loyola Chicago because Sister Jean. I, I don't want to be a bad guy here, but enough of Sister Jean. She's over. <laughs> she's overshadowed. Forget about all the upsets. She's overshadowed what the team has actually done. Van, do you think they have a chance against Michigan? Well, you know, you know what I—I uh, I hate to root against Sister Jean in the rosary beat, Sal, but uh, I, I think that I'd be shocked if John Beeline's not coaching uh, Monday night. You know, he, here's the thing: is that, and I think that this is also what makes the Loyola Chicago story uh, so cool. Is that you, you know, the first three games they win by a total combined of four points, but there's also been a different leading score in each game. So they're not that mid-major with the one dominant guy like Steph Curry and Davidson. And then in the lead eight, you know, you got the kid uh, Ben Richardson who didn't even average 10 points per game this year. You know, he goes off for 23. So they always have like four or five guys, you know, averaging between 10 and 15 points. So they don't have the one elite guy to go off. And Sal, this is John Beeline's best defensive team he's ever had. It's not a typical Beeline team. He doesn't have starters that shoot 40% or more from downtown. Their defense is absolutely stifling. And we've seen them keep the game in the 50s in this tournament. Uh, uh, opponents are shooting 36% against them. They rebound the ball. They don't turn it over. 
I just think in the end they're too fundamentally sound not to get past Chicago. Yeah, it'd be fun to see Michigan in that finals versus either Kansas or Villanova. Jay Wright won it, what, two years ago, looking for another championship year versus a Kansas team that seems to uh, d- disappoint all the time, but they've made it uh, this far. Who do you like in this one, Ben? I'll tell you, I, I think that this very well may be the de facto national championship game. I, I think this one's going to live up to everything that the Duke game lived up to last weekend. Um, you know, I, I think Kansas is good enough to win in this one, Sal. I think they're good enough to win a championship Monday night. Um, you know, what's interesting is that the Jayhawks are playing more this year of that Jay Wright small ball, four guards, and one inside with, with Asabuki. But here's the thing. Asabuki is huge. He's seven foot, seven five wingspan, but he's very, very raw. And I think that Jay Wright with the two six niners inside, Amari Spellman, and Eric Pascal can bring him outside. And I think what eventually wins through in the end is that when Virginia got knocked out, Villanova was clearly the best team left in this field. And they are by far the best offensive team out of these four teams. They're shooting 50%, they're averaging 87 points per game, and they're averaging 12 three-point field goals per game. And look who they've played. I mean, West Virginia probably has top two or three half-court defense of the year. I think you give the edge to the Cats offensively uh, over the Jayhawks down the stretch. And I actually have Villanova uh, uh, beating uh, Michigan in, in a bit lower scoring of an affair than the Kansas one Monday night. And I think Monday night, Sal, Jay Wright solidifies himself into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Great to see a local guy uh, like Jay Wright, uh, you know, become a national sensation here, coaching this Villanova team. Be great to see him get another easy guy to root for too. Um, so, who'd you have before the uh, before the tournament started, Vin, to win them all? Yeah, I had Michigan State before the tournament okay. started. I, I really thought that uh, they got a little underseeded. I thought they were easily as good as any one or two seed. Uh, I thought that they got a, a, a an unfair draw because the Big Ten didn't live up to. Uh, expectations this year, but they dominated the Big Ten. They went 16-2. and They beat Carolina by almost 30 points. They only lost to Duke by seven earlier in the year. Uh, I just think they they went into the terrible matchup. Bayheim's zone this year was, was so long and so active. It wasn't as in physic, physically imposing, but if they caught you on a night where you weren't shooting it great, the way the Spartans were that night, uh, you could easily lose. I really think if, if Izzo and those guys got by that one, uh, they would have been okay, but uh, this this tournament wound up being fun in the end. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Lots of upsets and craziness. I didn't know. I didn't think I was going to get into it as much as I did from beginning uh, to end, and it has been fun. Before we let you go, Vin, when, when uh, can we pencil in St. John's in one of our brackets? Is that going to happen anytime soon? Uh, I'll tell you. You know, Shamari Pons obviously is doing what you're going to see a lot of guys do. They're going to flirt with, throw their name into the NBA draft. He's not going to sign with an agent, though. Uh, I think you will see Shamari Palms back. And the, from what I'm hearing uh, from talking to other Big East coaching staffs, the way their recruiting's going, and then with Pons and what they're returning, um, you know, the, it, it is not out of the realm of possibility. In fact, I, I would would not be surprised at all if you saw St. John's as a top five, top half Big East team in terms of the standings next year. So next year's year four for Mullen, and uh, I think you're going to see them with a, a legit.
legitimate strong shot at postseason play next year. Love to see it because, as you know better than anybody, generate some real interest around here when uh, St. John's is good. Hey, we need it. We need some local love here uh, yes. for college hoops. Vin Parisi does a great job, Fox Sports and SNY, college basketball analyst. Thanks, Vin. Appreciate it. Enjoy your Friday night. Sal, thank you, my friend. Keep up the great work. Yeah, appreciate uh, you coming on. Always fun to talk to Vin Parisi. So there you go. Pumped up for the Final Four tomorrow. The Wolverines versus the Sister Jeans, and you have the Wildcats and Jayhawks. As Jay Wright looks to win another championship, should be a fun watch. And, then, of course, Monday will be the final game, the national championship game. 800 I don't know if we're going to do what's on tap. Uh, maybe we will do that. Do we have to call it that, Producer Mark? Is that, like, the official name of the you segment? You can call it whatever you'd like to, okay. Sal. Well, whatever we like to uh, will come up next as we discuss what's ahead for the weekend. Also going to have Mookie Wilson replay that interview at 8.35 for you in case you missed it. It was uh, a few hours ago earlier in the show. I think it's worth replaying here as you don't want to miss uh, the Met legend. Discuss Gary Carter and the special that uh, SNY aired, uh, the kid, a Gary Carter special, and also his former teammate, the passing of uh, Rusty Staub yesterday on opening day. So uh, we had to talk to Mookie and got some good insight from him. So we got those two things to do before we say goodbye. Sal Akata and for Pete McCarthy on the Sports Zone, the Voice of New York, 710 WOR. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. And for Pete, here's Sal Licata. 800-321-0710. Producer Mark, you're not going to believe this. I'm just reading. I'm trying to catch up on Twitter during the break because the news never stops uh, in today's world. I guess TMZ Sports caught up with John Sterling. And he described how he came up with his home run call. Now, I am going to see if this is not, I don't want to, obviously, I don't want the audio of this. I just want to see, yeah, here it is. Um, bah, 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 bah. No, I guess you have to watch this whole clip. Um, yeah, they called Sterling, you got the answer. I have to listen to that. I wanted the... Um, transcribed version of it, but it looks like if I follow through with uh, Jimmy Traina's Twitter of Sports Illustrated, Jimmy Traina, Traina Thoughts, he and he's a big fan of John Sterling, talking about um, Sterling dropping in that he has an Italian girlfriend. And I don't even know what this means. He had uh, Burlitt help him with the home run call. Who is that? Is that his girlfriend? Anyway, I probably shouldn't talk about this, what I don't know about, but either way, it was an awful call. So whoever helped him, he should be ashamed uh, of it. Um, anyway, that is, uh, it's ridiculous. You know it's a bad call for Sterling when you get TMZ Sports calling and asking how he, how he came up with that horror show. Producer Mark, um, maybe you could listen to that audio in a little bit and then tell me uh, on the other side. But for now, what are we doing? What's on tap? You got something? Good. I was just curious. I didn't know he was Italian. I thought he was Spanish. I had no. I, I don't even know. He might be. Who knows if he's that's Italian? Why, or that's not. what confuses me the most is why he was trying to speak Italian. Uh, I don't know. I mean, shoot, he used to be called Mike Stanton. I mean, I don't. I have no idea if he's Italian or not. I really don't care. I mean, he, he could hit the ball the way he does. Who cares what, what he is? But I guess Sterling trying to come up with a creative call, being he's going to have to use it, you know, fifty plus times this year. Um, it just the whole thing is just. It's just. It's lame at this point. That's the nicest way I think I could uh, sum it up. All right, producer Mark, what do you got uh, for What's on Tap? The weekend is underway. Here's What's on Tap. Weekend Spotlight. Well, I think for most people, this weekend is a holiday weekend as we're observing both Passover and Good Friday tonight. I almost forgot about that, yes. 
Well, I'll so be tonight, observing Passover tomorrow night. Is tonight Passover? Yes, tonight uh, okay, starts Passover. Okay, happy Passover. Thank and you. then yeah, Good Friday, I don't. I still don't know what Good Friday... I have no idea. But Easter is Sunday. Every Friday That's is a Good Friday. Well, I mean, no, some of them are not. But okay. uh, I'm not sure what the relevance of it is, even though I am a... Uh, I always forget this, too. Am I Christian or Catholic, and is there a difference? If you don't know, you're probably not very religious. No, I'm not very religious. No. I guess that's the point. Um, anyway, go ahead. So what do you got? Well, that's it. I'm going <laughs> to celebrate with my fiance's family. That's it? Hopefully I get to watch the Final Four. That's what I'm most worried about, actually, is that the Seder, that's what the Passover dinner is called, is probably going to be smack dab in the middle of the two Final Four games. How long is Passover? Uh, I don't. It, it depends on how Jewish you are. Uh, well, an Orthodox Jew, it could take hours. But I mean, I thought it was tonight. So was it oh, tonight? It's, tonight? it's a week. It's a week long. I thought you meant how long the dinner would oh, take. Oh no, okay, it's so a week it's, long. No, no, no. So it starts tonight yes. and is the whole week. It's a whole week. So you can't and you can't eat bread for an entire week. Okay, I mean, I, I could probably yeah, handle that. You probably could. You can eat matzah. Have you ever had yes, matzah? Yes, yes, I love it. My father's a big fan of Who it as well. Who likes matzah? I don't, I'm Jewish and I hate matzah. Maybe that's why, because you've had yeah. so much of it, but for I remember my father liking it around this time of year where it's yeah. uh, you know it's easily accessible and prevalent in uh, grocery stores. Hey, let's get a box of those. You know, he loves, loves it with butter. Yeah, it's not bad. I like matzah. I really don't like it. Um, so you got the Final Four. Now you were able to watch TV. Assuming when dinner's over, you were able to watch TV and things yeah, like that. Yeah, when oh, okay. dinner's over. It's just a matter of how long is dinner going to take. Okay. Hmm. Um I am. Well, I'm going to Toronto tomorrow. I've told you about that. You've yes. been before to I Rogers have. Center. I went last year. I haven't been to the Rogers Center. I went to Toronto. You went to Toronto last year, but yes. not to the Rogers Center. So I'm gonna go check that. Uh, check that off my list. Yankees, Blue Jays. Cannot wait for that. Also, uh, the Sky Dome, the site of WrestleMania six, which will bring back some memories. I'm not sure if you were familiar with it, producer Mark, but Hogan Warrior. That was a big time. Uh, that was a big time event, and I'm looking forward to being in the building. That um, you know that had that uh, housed Hogan Warrior and of course like I said the Skydome Joe Carter all that blah 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 speaking Chinese to me when it comes to the wrestling stuff oh uh, well we're going back to 1990 I'm pretty sure I was also anyway, born in 1993 if, so if, if you're me oh, that's depressing if you're me would you have you seen a Leafs game did you see the Leafs I game I did see a Leafs game that was awesome who'd they play last year uh, I forget who they played they lost though so they didn't even get to hear the goal song I, <laughs> they lost 3 uh, nothing. I want to is that something worth doing if you're in Toronto it, especially for one day. this year they are very good they're, and they're one of the better teams and they're playing Winnipeg and I love Line A well, yeah and Winnipeg's, Winnipeg's very good yeah Winnipeg is very good. So you I would check go. that out. Yeah, that's uh, it's a great atmosphere uh, in that building for a Leafs game. Yeah, I'm going to put that on. I got to do that. So you got to see the Hall of Fame too. Uh, I don't know what time the flight is at 9 a.m. I don't know what time I get there. But we got the the Yankee it's only games, an hour and a half flight. I think the Yankee game's at four. Uh, all right, maybe I have some time before, but that would be a lot. Hall of Fame right to the Yankee game, then right from there to the Leafs game. And then I'd like to find a spot for, for some dinner and, and some drinks, and then get uh, come back home and go celebrate Easter. You're flying back tomorrow night? I'm flying back Sunday morning. Okay. Yeah, so I have to all, all day tomorrow. Um, now, tell me about this hockey story that happened with the Blackhawks, because I was not aware of this, and you told me before about it. So last night, the Blackhawks' number one goalie goes down in warm-ups, so their backup goalie has to play. And then uh, he gets injured with 14 minutes left to go in the game, and this guy named Scott Foster... Comes into the game. He's like, so I don't know if you're how familiar you are with the NHL. Yeah. But well, there's always a backup goalie in the area, like a rec league guy that they can call last second but and say, get there. But he's like, is he, oh, so he's not even dressed? No, he's not even dressed. He's, he might not even be in the building. I guess in this case, he was in the building. Right. But 
normally like the guy might be down the street or within five miles. There's been stories about these guys having to dress. Normally they just sit in a locker room and wait just in case. But I didn't know that. So there's always a guy on yes. standby, yes. whether he's in the building. Or, but they know ahead of time, hey, we're going to be in Toronto uh, this night. We need you. Well, it's for the city. So like the Rangers have one and say they're playing Winnipeg. If the Winnipeg two goalies get injured, it's that guy. Oh, okay. so it's not like Winnipeg brings somebody with them. Okay, so it's, it's somebody local in each city. Yes. There is a guy who is designated as the emergency third goalie. And in this case, last he, night he played. I had it, and, and did he, he get made lit up? seven saves. All seven saves. He did not let up a goal. It was six two Blackhawks when he came in. It was six two Blackhawks at the end. Wow, of the game. good for him. So that's pretty impressive. And he was hilarious in the post game interview. Noah, if you see it on number four, all the way to the left, if you can hit that one. This is Scott Foster after the game. What are you going to tell your buddies at goal tomorrow? Uh, I made about 30 saves in a, in a one nothing win. <laughs> a couple of them. 200 by 85, size of the rink, and uh, white company or something. It changes every year, I think. Whoever's willing to fork out some money, uh, you know, put their name on the front, maybe buy a couple drinks. So what's your day job? I'm an accountant by day, so a few hours ago I was sitting on my computer typing on a 10 key, and now I'm uh, standing in front of you guys, just finished 14 and a half minutes of NHL hockey. <laughs> Did you get any advice before you went out? Uh, I don't think I heard anything other than put your helmet on, and, uh, <laughs> and now I'm standing here. You see Joel Quenville just laughing as you were getting on the ice? I think I would too. <laughs> Joel Quenville, the head coach of the Blackhawks. How Hawks. great is that? I get goosebumps listening to that. The guy's at his desk one minute being an accountant. The next, he's playing NHL hockey, producer Mark. How great is that? Imagine you were at SNY and the Rangers call you and say, we need a goalie. Yeah, see ya. Get, 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 get up. Yeah, right. No, I, w- I would not be able to handle that. I will say this, um, that I was scrolling through Twitter, right? And be- I didn't know about the story until you told me. Somebody else referenced last night's events with that emergency goalie and said that it should be, I really should find out who, who was writing this article, that there should be emergency catchers in Major League Baseball. And I actually think that that's probably a good idea. Why not? I, I mean, mean, I guess you could do it with the bullpen catcher. They're always there. Yeah, maybe. But why not just have it the same way that you have with the NHL, emergency catchers? I mean, in this case, remember Mickey Callaway was even saying yesterday that, oh no, he's going to use his catchers as pinch hitters. He's not saving that, you know, that guy just in case or, you know, Philip Evans. But that's not an emergency. I guess if the guy got injured after he used the, the backup as a pinch hitter, it would be. I see what you're saying. If you have a guy, or, or, yeah. I mean, there are different ways to do it, but that's not a bad idea, right? To have an emergency catcher. It's not the catcher. worst idea, but the emergency catcher would almost always have to be one of the bullpen guys. Yeah, it is a, you're right. With baseball, it's a little different rule, I guess. With hockey, because guys could be moved around in baseball different positions. I just assumed when you told me he was an emergency goalie, I assumed it was like a forward or a defenseman that had to put on the goalie pads and go, you know. No, I, that has happened before, but actually, uh, I think a goalie coach for the Panthers had to do it last year. You didn't get into the game. They always have random guys. That is that crazy. Uh, good for that guy. Um, I mean, boy, that's even more than 15 minutes of fame. That's something that'll last a lifetime. By the way, breaking news, my mom just texted me. Your religion is Catholic. Not a Christian. You're just a Catholic. So there you have it. Uh, all right. Mookie Wilson uh, will join us on the other side. 800-321-0710 if you care to call. Uh, it's the Sports Zone. It's Sal Akata filling in for Pete McCarthy, the voice of New York, 710-WOR. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. And for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Mets baseball resumes tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon, Petey Mack has the coverage. 12.05 right here. Mets cards, Jacob DeGrom on the mound 
for Game 2. Uh, my buddy Jimmy Trana must have heard me before talking about uh, his tweet about um, John Sterling's call. Berlitz, remember I said before, I don't know what Berlitz is. It's uh, language classes. You know, They offer language classes. So Sterling, apparently who has an Italian girlfriend, has taken language classes and is trying to... Uh, that was his idea, to come up with uh, an Italian phrase for John Carlos Stanton. Well, either way, let's hope he changes it for the next uh, you know, 50 or so uh, home runs that Stanton hits and uh, you know, get a little better than what that was because that was hideous. Yanks right now have a 4-1 lead over the Blue Jays in Toronto, bottom of the sixth. Masahiro Tanaka is dealing. Tyler Wade, I believe, had a big two-run double in that game to sort of bust it open for the Yanks. As Aaron Hicks was placed on the 10-day DL today, Giancarlo Stanton still not in the outfield with the luxury of the DH. He'll just sit there and uh, take his hacks. But uh, no damage tonight, at least, from Stan. All right, we'll be back next week. I forget which days, but every afternoon game, you can hear me on with Pete after that. Uh, and obviously the off days will uh, will be here. So definitely next Friday, I believe Wednesday and Thursday as well, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Producer Mark? Wednesday, Thursday, day games, Friday and off day. All right, so I'll be on Wednesday, Thursday with Pete and Friday by myself. Enjoy the weekend baseball. We'll see you next week. W O R D.